Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast, where I thought we were talking to leaders. Well, we are. Well, thought leaders in any event. Isn't that, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's that old, like, cliche phrase, right? Thought leader? It's, yeah, and everybody who calls themselves a thought leader is probably not. Yeah, like guru, guru, expert. But today we're talking to uh, somebody who is sweet by nature, sweet by name, just a very sweet lady, uh, Ashley Sweet in Chicago, dialed in and talked to us and told us all about commercial real estate and where that's going. And she just barely scratched the surface, which was fun. Like we, we kind of got there towards the end of the interview, but it's clear that underneath that surface, there's a whole lot of thought leadership lurking. You know, and it's this, you know, how do you build that relationship in order to do these massive transactions? I mean, commercial real estate. Yeah. And then the interesting part was, for me, that was a question I asked, which was all about LinkedIn connections and LinkedIn messaging. And uh, we had a good old laugh at some of, the, some of the stuff that goes on on LinkedIn. So if you want to reach out to Randy, uh, just send him really weird emojis to his LinkedIn. Yeah. Right? Isn't that the... And I'll, I'll, I'm a sucker for those. I'll respond to pretty much anything. Except the... Actually, if you send me the middle finger emoji, um, yeah, I might respond to it. Yeah. I might be intrigued. So, yeah. So. Anyway, this is our interview with <laughs> Ashley Sweet. Nice to talk with you, Ashley. I have to say, so I'll, I'll tell our listeners... What I see in the background, it's, it's almost like a puzzle. It's like one of those puzzles you see. There's a, a hat hanging on a bookshelf, like a you know mysterious hat. There's a guitar tipped up on some furniture in the back. It's, it's just an intriguing surroundings that you have today. Will you explain kind of where you're sitting and I guess how that relates to the work you do? Sure. I didn't know that you could see all that because I could only see myself. So that's not intentional. But it's kind of, but it's kind of fun. So the like the little hat, what would the little hat signify in terms of your business? Um, so I got the hat in Sonoma, California, when I was on a actually it was a business trip for a technology company that I was working in sales for. It was actually the last trip I took before the pandemic. So it was February, 2020. And um, yeah, I was out doing team building, bonding with coworkers, sales, coaching, all that kind of stuff. And the hat itself, are you a hat person or just happens to be like um, just sort of a fun memento of the time? Uh, this is the only hat that I own that's like it. What about you? I'm not really a hat person, but I used to be. I was actually one of those uh, winter hat guys for years. You know, the guys that never take off the winter hat, even in the summer. It's been a little while. Randy, are you a hat guy? My my favorite hat is in the drawer just here to my left. Um, and it's a Mad Hatter's hat. Got at Disneyland when I took my kids there many, many years ago. Um, that's the only hat I possess. Just the Mad Hatter's hat with five and sixpence on the side of it. So what, what hats do you wear, Ashley, every day kind of in your work and as an entrepreneur and kind of rolling forward into the future? 
Yeah, so I've been, I've been in sales for 11 years in a couple different facets. I started my career in finance, now more in the commercial real estate and technology world. I'm very much uh, a sales person, sales leader. My, you know, my, I do wear many hats. My day job is I do enterprise software sales. The end users that I sell to are primarily large owners of commercial real estate around the globe. And then entrepreneurially on the Maven consulting side of things, I work with a lot of mainly service providers, other salespeople, also kind of targeting commercial real estate folks in helping with market growth, sales coaching, and and things like that. So I'm intrigued by how everything is changing kind of on the head of a pin this last couple of years. How do you see it changing? Because uh, you have a completely different perspective than, than we do. How do you see it changing? Where are we headed? In what regard? Kind of all of them. So, uh, But in terms of sales, marketing, I mean, even to the level of, you know, the, the weird Facebookification of, of us, avatars, any of that. Where do you see us going? So, I mean, my view is really, I think, unique and specific because I work with a lot of commercial real estate investors, owners, operators. A lot of those people own or work in office properties or sell to office properties, amongst other things. You know, I think that from research that I've done, I mean, people aren't filling off of office buildings like Monday through Friday, 40, 50 hours a week anymore. But I still, you know, I don't think that that asset class is going away by any means. Like some, you know, whatever article you want to read that's a little bit fear-based or a little bit dramatic. I mean, I think that we'll all continue to be, I guess, as you call it, avatars, like a little bit more than we were, you know, five or so years ago. But the term hybrid is is real. I like to think of it as more flexible. So I think that people, most people, you know, knowledge workers, I guess, if you want to call it, like, I think in some ways we'll still be tied to an office space, but also there's going to be just a little bit more flexibility um, and we'll be doing more Zoom meetings and things like that. And, and the schedule is not as rigid. Where I see great opportunity is like you're no one is con- confined to one city. Like I do a lot of like coaching on and in, in how to network and build your network and things like that because of like the avatar and Zoom and whatever, like you can really build a network down in Austin, Texas and be a New York based person and things like that. And, you know, you can fit more interactions in, in, in a day, if like that's something that you want or need to do. So I think that like those things are definite positives. And I don't think like once more in-person things like start happening or people spend more time in the office, I think that that like the barriers that have kind of been broken down geographically, I think that'll continue. And I think that that's really great. What about you guys? Oh, well, I uh, I was about to ask a question. Then you said something difficult. Randy, let me kick the ball to you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy to dive in on this one. The great resignation that we're going through now is partly driving, well, it's coming out of COVID. People got used to working at home. They now no longer work want to go into work anywhere, which is driving a reduced need for 
office space in terms of size. So companies are no longer going to need three floors of a building. They may just want one. It's not going to take away the the need for a central office, but office workers working from home, they'll come in two days a week instead of five, et cetera, et cetera, reduces the space requirements. It also increases the, the opportunity to work. If you're working remotely, you can work for a company based anywhere. So how do you feel that that is going to impact demand for continued commercial real estate growth? As more space becomes available in existing buildings, do you see the growth in the building space slowing down? Um, no, actually. And there is, there's a lot of statistics to back that up. And we're actually, this past quarter, the demand for office space pretty much reached what the demand was in the quarter approaching when the pandemic started. So it's great. I mean, things are trending upward. Like, a, like even if office workers don't need to be in the office every day, I think that most, I, one a survey I read, and I don't remember where it was from, I wish I did, but it was like 80% of people see the office as a place to connect and collaborate. And like, if you, if you really look at it, like space that's needed for collaboration and connection, like that's still expansive space. So I think some companies are building out bigger spaces and, and honestly, you have to take into social distancing and all of that stuff. So, you know, companies are even surmising that, hey, like if because this is a more collaborative spot, just because people aren't here, maybe 40 hours a week, that's you don't really need to take the size of the space down as much or even at all. And I think that coupled with the demand that we just saw in the most recent quarter approaching the pre-pandemic level almost up to 100%, I think that that's all all really positive and really good. So you're a, you're doing coaching, consulting. Where do you see that industry going in the future? So, I mean, I think it's going to be something that people continue to seek out. I think as like folks like you who build organizations like yours, for instance, like you're not the only people doing that and LinkedIn is only becoming more and more popular, which is how we all connected. So I think that like the online and the digital connectivity, I mean, is really only going to increase that industry, especially like, you know, knowledge is power uh, for sure, uh, not to use a cliche, but and I think any industry, whether it's especially from a sales coaching perspective, I mean, I focus on B2B just because the majority of my career has been business to business sales. But now I'm even seeing interest from just individuals who want to learn more about how to network or how to make meaningful connections and things like that. So I think, you know, I think it will only continue to grow. And as the barriers have been broken down geographically, I think more, you know, more connections like the ones I've got with you folks, you know, we're not in the same city, but we're here connecting and we met through LinkedIn. So I think that that's only going to uh, only grow. So, so I'm curious to kind of uh, dig way back in your history because your last name is awesome. So, I mean, I don't know that I've met anyone else named Sweet. So I just kind of want to start there and say, you know, as an uh, inroad towards uh, how did you end up getting into sales, getting into training, getting into business and um, 
Yeah, I'm just curious about your last name and, and your family growing up. Sure. Yeah. It's the family name. I originally grew up in Ohio. A lot of my family still lives there. I do actually know a couple other Swedes. One of them is a close friend of mine here in Chicago. And we kind of, we met through real estate and just like thought it was funny that we both had the last name Sweet and now are good friends. But yeah, grew up in Ohio. I always knew, I mean, not always, but like going through college, I was a finance major in business, but had a hunch that I might go the sales route no matter what. I think just naturally like looking at the skill set and interests, that's kind of where I started. So my one of my first jobs out of college, I joined a sales team at a large wealth management practice just as a sales assistant. So I was supporting some senior salespeople and I got to watch, you know, watch those processes. And then I figured out that, you know, the functions and the goals of sales were something that really aligned with me. And I seemed to have that natural aptitude towards it. And so I always just, you know, tried to seek out those opportunities. So... I don't know too much about sales when it comes to real estate at all, and particularly not when it's B2B. So what what do you find kind of most interesting, like let's say dinner party topic style? What is most interesting if we lift up a rock, what crawls out from underneath it in terms of kind of your whole subject area? What's, what's a strange or interesting thing that you could tell us? Um. I mean, as far as if you're doing, you're a salesperson, service provider into the into the real estate industry, something that's really interesting. I mean, it is a really relationship focused industry. Still, it is. You know, I worked previously for a company that had two divisions. One was a bunch of salespeople who sold to real estate owners, or owners and operators. The other sales division, they had a whole different client base. And the difference was the real estate industry like isn't so much digitized yet as like a lot of other industries. So a lot of real estate sales and getting things done, whether you're in brokerage or you're providing a technology or whatever it is you're doing, it's all comes down to like real relationships, a big relationship sale, whereas you know, a lot of other industries have evolved more quickly into relying on digital sales methods and things like that. So yeah, I think, and this is one of the reasons that I put a lot of time in learning how to network. And now I I like to coach other people on it is, is because when you're just open to more conversations and really open to relationship building and learning the who's who and doing what you say you're going to do exactly how you say you're going to do it, all of that relationship stuff, because I'm in such a relationship heavy business is, is incredibly important, even more so than some of like digital factors and things like that, that might be important in other industries. So that that's really, really important. So relationship networking, very important in your business. LinkedIn is becoming a great place for networking and creating relationships. It's also become a place where people do horrendous pitching. So I'm interested. What is the best pitch you've heard, whether you like the product or not, and what is the worst pitch you've heard uh, through through LinkedIn? That's a really good question. The best pitch I've heard, it would have to be something where I I had hired a lead, like a lead gen demand generation service, and they had gotten in touch and really did research 
on me and the company and said, hey, I, I really think that we can help you target this kind of company and increase your number this much in this many amount of months. And the fact that they knew exactly the type of company that I wanted to call on, I found really interesting. The worst sales pitch, it came from, it was kind of recently, and it wasn't even through LinkedIn. They had gotten my email through LinkedIn and were messaging me first through LinkedIn and then got my email. And they were like, and I think it was an automated You can tell when someone doesn't have control over like the AI or the bot that's running their LinkedIn. (laughs) So this was clearly happening, but they had a bunch of cheesy lines like, Ashley, is it, is it me? Is it me? Or wait, it's not, I'm getting to feel it's like, it's not me. It's you, or it's not you. It's me. Like, are we breaking up? And all these, those kind of like funny, sappy lines, but they never had indicated that they know really even the industry that I was in. And I, well, you, because I am in this business, I'm usually pretty open to at least messaging or like maybe hearing like doing one call. And this is one of the times I was like, hey, no, thank you. And also like, please stop emailing me. But yeah, that was really, I don't even, to this day, I couldn't tell you what that product was selling. But yeah, I would say that was, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't the best. Yeah, I had one recently that was the best pitch I've ever heard. It was a guy that obviously knew who I was. Yeah. And he, he asked me if I could help him um, and could I explain the three things that I would be looking for in a pre-seed investment opportunity? How would I measure return on investment? What would I be looking for just so I could help him? So I jumped in and said, sure, I'll play this game. So I told him, boom, let me send you a pitch deck because I've got the perfect investment for you. It was, yeah. but he, he hooked me at the start because he knew enough about me to to get me to respond. So it was great. But you don't see that very often. Usually you see people that are, uh, as you say, they've got their AI working, using very corny lines and not at all interested in meeting people or in truly connecting. And I think it's in the connection that uh, success can be found. Totally, yeah. So that wasn't a question. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, did you ever connect with him and find out like how he did his research and how he figured it all out? Uh, it's, it's all on my website, so it's pretty clear, and it's all on my LinkedIn, sorry. So it's pretty clear that he um, he did a search for VC, is my suspicion, and then he went to everybody's site and looked at them and found out what they did. But, yeah, so there was some manual work in, in preparing for the pitch, but it was, as I think back on it, it was obviously a, a cut-and-paste pitch to start with, but he just yeah. personalised it. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it's funny. People, I maybe hear people hear the word research and they shy away because they think it's a lot of work, but you know, it's really not like when I, when I said it, I was impressed because the person reached out and they knew the kinds of companies that I would like see value in them being in to help with. It is very, very apparent if you just read the LinkedIn profile and look at the company websites. So, so Ashley, it's, it's been really great to chat with you. We like to keep these interviews super short, but we want to give you an opportunity to kind of talk about the kind of folks you'd love to have connect with you. And clearly what we've noticed, what I've noticed this last little while is that you are a conversationalist. I, I don't think we've ever been asked 
reciprocally, you know, we ask a question, you ask us one back. It's, it's really refreshing, actually. <laughs> so anyway, but who are you looking for to reach out to you and where can they find you? Sure. So if you're someone that is looking, um, you know, to connect on enterprise software sales, particularly as it relates to commercial real estate, anyone looking to connect on sales advice, sales processes, techniques, networking, coaching, anything like that, definitely get in touch no matter where you are. I have a, have a global network, so I think, you know, com- connections can happen anywhere. You can get in touch with me. I mean, I think the easiest way at this point, talking about LinkedIn, is just Ashley Sweet uh, at LinkedIn. You'll see my profile, founder of Maven, M-A-V-E-N Consulting, and um, also Enterprise Sales at VTS. It's true. You are a maven. <laughs> I, I should have known from the from the name of the business that that is exactly what this person who wears many hats and is a conversationalist, that's exactly yeah. what that is. Such a pleasure to chat with you and can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, pleasure as well. I look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks, Ashley. I really love the way that you manage to field our sometimes odd questions. We like to put people into those situations where they have to think a little bit differently to be able to answer the question. And we saw that you have the capacity to really stretch our own minds and challenge our own thinking. So I really appreciate that. That was great. Yeah, uh, we just barely got into it, but the thinking about avatars and you know, all this weird metaverse stuff that's starting up. I think there's there's a lot more down that line of questioning as well that I'd, I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on. But, and, and speaking of uh, metaverse here, Randy, if, if or actually multiverse, if, if we were living a, a separate, in a separate universe at the exact same time as we're living in this one, what would you be drinking right now? In an alternate universe exactly the same as this one, probably a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe with some coconut milk, because you'd be a vegan. Uh, yeah, I would probably be a vegan in a, in a yeah, because yeah, I, I, yeah, probably. If you're a vegan, and if you're thinking about, you know, becoming a vegan thought leader, uh, or if you're not a vegan and you don't want to become a vegan thought leader, come visit us at thoughtpartnergroup.com. Aren't vegans people from the planet Vega? That's the tenth planet. <laughs> I thought that was an old car. Oh, well, that was a voxel. <laughs> if thoughtpartnergroup.com, yeah. there's a, there's an assessment yeah. at the top, and I've got to hurry up because the UPS driver's about to come. Assessment at the top. Click on it. Fill it out. Our Kent's AI robot will respond to you almost immediately, and his avatar will press the send button, and you'll get it. That's it.